We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I'm Eric Balkman from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour and the FFPC. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Balkman and the FFPC on Twitter at FFPC. Before we get into the show, I want to remind everyone that you can get a listeners only 10% discount to Rotoviz by using the code RVRADIO2022. That's RVRA. DIO2022. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of the Rotoviz content and tools, and it supports the podcast channel. Now, without further ado, here's the latest edition of the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown. Welcome in, everybody, to the newest edition slash episode of the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown. I am your host, Eric Balkman. You know me from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown, which is what you're watching right now, the FFPC, and of course, the Better Sports Network's High Stakes Fantasy Football Show as well. Hi, how are you? How you doing? And greetings, special greetings to all of you FFPC Main Event and Fantasy Pros Championship, Championship Round players, as that is getting underway this coming Thursday with the Chargers and Raiders kicking things off, and we'll get to the Chargers uh, shortly out of the gate here. I do want to remind everybody of a couple of things. Go to myffpc.com, myffpc.com, to play in the FFPC Weekly Challenge. We have a Thursday challenge for you that will include the Thursday players. We have a Sunday challenge for you where you lock in your rosters by our uh, lineups by 1 o'clock, uh, and you can watch those points pile up throughout the weekend. Uh, no draft, no salary cap. Just choose 10 players or 12 players if you want to play with kickers and defenses. I uh, remember only one player per NFL team. You can enter for as little as $35, as much as $200, and you can win as much as $2,500 this weekend as well. The uh, FFPC playoff challenges are also live. Uh, the $200 classic one, the world famous FFPC playoff challenge, $200 to enter. You can win $500,000 in that. And then, of course, the $35 one, you can enter that one. And $100,000 will go to someone there. Turn $35 into $100,000. Where else are you going to get that? That's live at myffpc.com. So register for the Thursday Weekly Challenge, the Sunday Weekly Challenge, 
the FFPC $200 challenge, and of course, the $35 playoff challenge as well. It's all at myffpc.com, myffpc.com. Remember to like this video, subscribe to the channel, uh, comment on it, share it with your friends, share it with your enemies, and get notified every time we go live, which will be again this coming Thursday. More on that by the end of the episode. Without further ado, I'll welcome in my guest, uh, ladies and gentlemen. He is a winner of well over $100,000, probably, quite frankly, a lot more than that, in his FFPC high-stakes fantasy football career. Uh, he's going to join me tonight as he is chasing not only a $1 million grand prize in the 2023 Fantasy Pros Championship, but the 2023 FFPC main event as well. Several teams in the championship round in both of those contests. Please welcome in the guy you know on the X at underscore Bitcoin. It is the incomparable BipLab Mandel. BipLab, welcome in, man. Hey, thanks, Valky. Been a long time since Vegas. I, <laughs> I don't think we spoke in between. No, we we haven't. And like, I was actually trying to figure out. I was watching those two Monday night games last night, and I realized I didn't have a guest yet for the show tomorrow. I'm like, God, who who is always like, who, what well have I not gone to? Uh, enough. Uh, and, and I remember, God, I haven't had BitLab on it forever. Let's see if he's available. Boom, you're available. We're making magic sure. happen tonight, which I'm very excited. How exciting. I, I mean, this is kind of old hat for you for being in the championship round of so many contests. I mean, we'll throw in KFFSC, it, it, you know, into that as well. But as, as we get this championship round underway, I mean, it, it is, is the blood pumping a little bit more forcefully now that the, the money weeks are, are about to be underway? Yeah, I, it, it, it is, but you know, um, after playing so many years, you know, I, I am probably not that stressed about it than, you know, your first time and or whatnot. And really, I think last year was tough. So this is this is a good year. I have a lot more teams than last year in the championship. But, you know, I still remember the last two years back. I, I think three years back when I first finished top five in the main event gives you a lot of confidence. And then the next year also, I think I finished top 10. So... Hopefully, I'm back this year. Obviously, winning it all is is like having a perfect playoff. Uh, need a lot of luck, but we'll see what what happens here. Yeah, it, you you said you have a lot more teams in the championship round this year compared to last year. Did you do anything differently, or did the injuries and everything just fall your way a little bit better this year? No, I I think you know. I mean, I'm one of those who always follows my process. And, you know, thankfully, I mean, again, it depends how you win because you need to have a bankroll to keep going year over year, right? But, you know, I always believe you follow the process, good thing will happen. You cannot control injuries. Uh, you can only, you know, complain about it, but there's nothing more you can do. And this has been a tough year also, right? A uh, lot of injuries, but I got lucky, you know, with some Kyron Williams's. The zero RBs with Rashad White. I know a lot of people hated him when I was, and I drafted a lot of him in the sixth round. So some of those worked out, um, and you know, it's it's for me. It's about follow the process, grind the waivers, don't change week to week, and then you know, hopefully, good things happen in in the end. You know, and and I think that's the big takeaway here is like just because you have a bad year, it doesn't mean you have to throw away what you've been doing. I think. Tweaks are good um, and, and tweaks are necessary, but sometimes you just, you know, if you look back on your year and, and, you know, in 2022 and you realize like, you know what, I really like the way I did everything. It just didn't work out for me. Let's do it again. And then sure enough, you know, I think about, and this is the, the, the 
comp I always go back to for something like this. I can't remember what year it was, but it was several years ago. And Chad Schroeder um, went heavy into Todd Gurley uh, one year, drafting yeah. him every main events, um, uh, FPCs, um, you know, big paybacks and varsities and everything. And Gurley had one of the worst years. I mean, like terrible, terrible, terrible year. And what happened the following year? Chad went right back to that Todd Gurley well. He loaded up on Gurley again, and Gurley had one of the best years ever, and Chad probably had one of his best years yep. ever too. And I think that's the thing. It's just like, you know, um, every year is separate, and I think we're, we're seeing that every week is separate almost now, Bip. Yeah, no, it, it is. And, you know, it's been a very, very difficult survival year with the amount of injuries, right? Like mm -hmm. I didn't – I don't think last year was this bad. We thought it was bad, but not as bad as what happened uh, this year, right? And so it, it it was a matter of survival and grinding. Like, And, you know, where I feel grateful is um, my championship week went well last week. Like I won 80% of my main events and over 70% FPC, you know. Um, I'm still complaining about the last catch each uh, in had I lost an FPC, otherwise that would have also been in, but can't complain. Right. Uh, so, you know, that that way, and, you know, it's it's like a concept of law of averages. If you follow the process and it's uh, the right process, tried and tested, you know, it, it all averages out over a period of time. So I was hopeful, you know, this year would go and it's gone well. I think the only differences I, I have is probably Balki uh, focusing a bit more on good offensive stacks, right? Not ignoring the quarterback position. I did ignore it last year. I didn't do that this year. Um, including, you know, we can discuss about it. There are some teams where I've even gone with three quarterbacks into the playoff, looking at the amount of injuries, you know, so those are some tweaks, but it doesn't change the overall process. Let's uh, let's talk about the championship round and, and the, the issues that are facing players like you uh, in it. And the first thing I'll, I'll lead off with tonight is the big news we got this morning that Justin Herbert is going to have surgery. Um, he's going to be out for the remainder of the season, which leaves the Chargers in a precarious spot. This is a team that probably is not bringing their head coach back next year. They're going to have to make a decision about Mike Williams and or Keenan Allen. They probably want to get a longer look at Quentin Johnston. Uh, Josh Palmer, we saw, was just activated off IR today. And, you know, the running game, Austin Eckler was, a uh, you know, you know, um, um, what's the word I want to say here? He was um, a slam dunk, for lack of a better term. Yep. First round pick. I mean, everybody's picking him in the first round. Sometimes like the second running back off the board. Um, and he has disappointed this year as well. So the Chargers offense was kind of a quagmire coming into week 15. And now it gets even worse with Easton Stick. Bip, I always think that everything's on the table. You know, you always want to start your studs. And I, and I think that's that's something that uh, I, I know I have followed over the years, but when it comes to the championship round with everything out there, I do think that some outside the box thinking is usually required. Doesn't mean you have to agree with it. Doesn't mean you have to go with that way, but I think you have to explore everything. Um, is it right to explore the possibility of, you know, Keenan Allen still isn't practice this week, so he may take himself exactly. right out of the conversation, but Austin Eckler too is another guy. I mean, if, if you made it this far in the championship round, Clearly wasn't on the shoulders of Austin Eckler. You, you were probably right. winning with them, not because of them. But now you look at, you know, when you're trying to win the million bucks, you really can't afford to have a bad week. What about Allen? What about Eckler this week with Easton Stick in at quarterback? Yeah, and Eckler also has hit that dreaded age for running backs where there's almost a 30-35% production dip. And, 
you know, although he, McCaffrey, are different types of backs, but still, you know, that stat over the years linger. Um, you know, I mean, again, we have to see how the practice goes and whether Allen plays. The other thing I worry about Allen is he's playing hurt last couple of weeks, and I think that might be affecting his production. And, and you know, it was not that Herbert played last three weeks as a quarterback one. In fact, you know, in the last game, Stick, without practice coming in, was able to at least move the ball. Uh, I mean, help me with my Kinnan Allen teams because Allen suddenly had 40% target share, you know, after Stick came in. The way I look at it is they still have a good offensive-minded coordinator, Kellen Moore, you know, mm -hmm. and, and what he does. I do think what will end up happening is short passes and they get creative and and those are the two weapons they stick on. So for me, they are a ding. Like if Allen was a receiver one, I'll probably put him as a receiver two, Eckler RB2 or borderline RB. Uh, yeah, RB2, I wouldn't put him as RB1 with so many op other options. But because you need to play four or five positions, including flex, you have to start them. I mean, it comes down to what are your other options. And Typically, this is the first week. So, if they are playing, I will put them in the lineup. Does worry me, but I'm not going to get too cute and put in someone else, right? I still expect Allen to get volume. I, I probably expect Eckler to help out the quarterback with some dink and dunks, and we'll, we'll see. What what about a guy like Joshua Palmer as, as like a second flex? Is that a player that you would probably stay away from? Yeah, I'm I'm right now maybe a little bit of Everett depending on how desperate mm -hmm. I am, but I am not playing QJ, I'm not playing Palmer and uh, it's it's tough, right? With a new quarterback, you know, but what we have what I've seen historically is the the receiver one or a high volume receiver or a running back like Eckler, typically they stay fine, you know, in terms of production. Now the touchdowns you don't know, but at least in a PPR, they are able to catch passes. You know, uh, and I think, you know, obviously with no teams on by this week, hopefully, you know, you don't have to make these decisions where you're, you know, looking at starting these tertiary and secondary options for for the Chargers. But, um, and, and I think I got it in your answer here a little bit, Bip Lab. These are the things that, you know, you want to swing for the fences that last week when you know, like, okay, it's put up or shut up here. You know, like yeah. I, I have got to make, I got to make some hay somehow, and maybe I'll take some chances there. And then obviously the variance goes into that too. Like, you know, if, if you know a lot, not a lot of guys ahead of you are playing Palmer, then maybe Palmer becomes a start. Yeah. The best, but not in week 15. Yeah. Not, not week 15. You know, it's, I mean, I'm still putting my best roster out there this week, right? Which I mm -hmm. feel is a best roster. And then depending on where you rank after that week, you, you get into, uh, analysis paralysis and and Perfect. and whatnot right um that's exactly right um zach moss let's talk about him for a second um was among the leading rushers in the nfl while taylor was hurt um and now taylor's hurt again uh I, you know he kind of disappointed last week i i actually expected a huge game from moss and it didn't happen um now this week i i still think you have to trot him out here even though the the matchup isn't great we have saturday football this week by the way as is as a yeah. as just a PSA to everybody watching, make sure you get your lineups early. We got three Saturday games, and one of them, and I think it's that middle one, that four o'clock game, is uh, the Colts and Steelers. Zach Moss against the Steelers, you still got to uh, trot him out there, right? I mean, be because of the potential, even though this is not a great matchup for Moss. 
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. With the holidays just around the corner, many people's thoughts will turn to gift giving and what to get for friends and family. And seeing the joy on people's face as they open those gifts can be a truly wonderful experience. Spending time with family unboxing gifts is always one of my true pleasures of the entire year. Whether or not your family gives gifts during the holidays, you get to define how you give to yourself. And the holidays are a great time to do that. So whether it's starting therapy, going easier on yourself during the tough moments or treating yourself to a day of complete rest, remember to give yourself some love this holiday season. Early 2023, I began therapy and I started doing it after thinking about it throughout the holiday season. So very much like I'm talking about today, it is the perfect time to start that process. I have found it very beneficial and my plan is to continue it into 2024. It's been very valuable in helping me learning positive coping skills and balancing the day-to-day -day tasks and challenges that I have experienced. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. In the season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Yeah, well, I thought last two matchups were tough. Look, he's not Jonathan Taylor. Whatever we saw was great and whoever grabbed him was great. But we, I mean, I, at least I believe that's not going to continue. It, it hurt me. But, you know, it, and I was never a Zach Moss fan. He surprised me this year, you know, I mean, given his past and what I've seen. But if you look at the last two games, Balki, James Conner and Zeke both had 20 plus mm -hmm. points against this Steelers team and the Steelers defense, right? So, so you know, again, we shouldn't give up on Moss because of the last two games, given, you know, he has a little bit of a bell cow type of role with, with Taylor missing and even last week he caught i think four passes you know his running was not great but he caught four passes and then thinking of steelers i don't think they are someone who will run away 
with a three touchdown or a two touchdown lead that you know your running back is not in the play i personally feel he comes back on track has a good game maybe scores a touchdown but we'll catch a bunch of passes and and you know i mean i would hope he scores 15 to 20 points for me he's our rb2 this mm -hmm. this this week i'm 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 not benching him at all and I, and I think like, and this, maybe this is just me hoping for the best because I have Zach Watson more than a few spots. I like, I think he's like a borderline um, top 12 guy this week. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, you you know, know, I mean, the high end RB2 and uh, because you bench him and I, I did bench him once, you know, early in the season and he went off on what 40 or 38 points that right. week. It, it was brutal to, to see that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, it's one of those things. You, sometimes you just never know. Um, put this on my bingo card uh, of something I didn't think I'd be asking you tonight. Wandale Robinson, um, a, a player that now earlier this season, so he started off the season hurt. He did have one game yeah. against the bills, eight catches for 62 yards. And then outside of that, it's, it's been kind of quiet again until last night, seven targets, six catches for 79 yards. Look really good. I know a big chunk of that yardage came on one play towards the end yeah. of the game. But Wandale Robinson clearly is is playing well right now. He clearly has the trust of his quarterback. More importantly, there's a chemistry there with Tommy Cutlets and and Wandale Robinson. Um, is he a sleeper at New Orleans this week for you, Biplab, or am I am I going too deep in trying to submit my lineup? Um, not for me. I think the only player I'm interested on the team is Barkley, mm -hmm. and you know. Where we are at NFL, the Saints have a shot at the division still, you know, with, with Tampa and Atlanta. And um, they surprised me last week because I was actually expecting a Carolina upset win, you know, with a wobbly Derek Carr mm. playing, you know, coming out of that and whatnot, right? Um, I always loved Wondell. I love him in dynasties. I still have him. Um, I did play him the game week. He had eight catches uh, for 80-plus yards in a three-receiver league like the NFFCs and FFWCs, right? So I was very happy about it, but I came down to earth the following week when he did nothing, right? So for me, I need to see a bit more of consistency, bulky week to week. So uh, And I, if I look at my teams, I have options because at FFPC with the flex, you can play anybody you want. So... He's not on my starting radar. I'm not starting him anywhere. He'll be on some of my best ball teams and so be it, right? right? So, I mean, to me, it's a deep sleeper, desperation play, or if you are in a three receiver, two flex leagues. Yeah, and then that would make sense because you do have to go deeper at that point. Yeah. And Robinson would be a guy that you could look at there. I know um, you knew I was not going to let you get out of tonight's interview without talking little Minnesota Vikings <laughs> football with you. So let's get to that portion of the program right now. Um, wow, what a ride it's been for the Vikings this year. Again, they're in a lot of close games. Um, Justin Jefferson goes down, misses almost two months. He comes back. He promptly leaves again, but there's talk that he's still going to play this week. Um, the Vikings, the prior to the bye week, well, first of all, they had Kirk Cousins have an historic year, and then they lose him. Yep. Uh, they trade for Josh Dobbs, who looks awesome, serious uh, cont contender for comeback player of the year. And now, then right before the bye, the Vikings are like, well, we're going to evaluate the quarterback situation. They evaluated it. They still started him coming out of the bye. And then I don't know what that was this, this past week, that Vikings-Raiders uh, Vikings game. But he ends up getting benched in that game. Find out that Nick Mullins is now the quarterback going forward. 
all this going on and this setup that I have for you, Jordan Addison had some pretty good games this year. And he was a guy that people were probably counting on as a second flex, maybe even a primary flex, depending upon their team in the championship round this week. What do you do with Addison? And can you kind of tell me what to expect as a Jefferson owner, as a Hawkinson owner with Nick Mullins going forward? Is this an upgrade for Dobbs? Should we be you know, bumping up these Vikings this week? Is it a lateral move or is it worse? Your thoughts from a fantasy perspective, Biff? Well, um, Mullins, at least what I've seen in the past San Francisco days also, right? Like uh, familiar with the system a little bit. Uh, he's been around at, with the Vikings. I think, you know, he will sling it. He will pass. And, you know, he doesn't run, which Dobbs mm -hmm. does. And the way Bengals are playing and they also have a playoff shot, I think, you know, with Browning, if he keeps playing that way, they will score, right? And, and so it could be a catch-up game for the Vikings. And without Madison, if he doesn't play, again, you are throwing mm -hmm. the ball, right? And so there's a lot of that goes in. But the way I see it is if, if Justin Jefferson plays and the way... Uh, the offense runs, they typically center around a centerpiece, you know, and all of Addison's success. I mean, he was great complimentary with Kirk Cousins, but then when Jefferson went down, you know, he became the receiver one and he outperformed. So for me, if Jefferson plays, I think Jefferson and Hawkinson are the two guys I am interested in. Um, Addison will be a borderline flex for me and it just depends, Valky, what are my options. But mm -hmm. I'm probably playing a Jaden Reed over him. I would even play Christian Watson over him if he comes back. You know, so that's that's where uh, it is. But you know, if suddenly they say that Jefferson is not playing, I I will play him because then yeah. he becomes uh, you know a receiver two or a receiver three for me. So. And I'm trying to think. Um, so that that game is a. Um, Saturday, I think. That's right? Saturday. That's the first game on Saturday, which is perfect. Because you'll know then about Jefferson's health, and 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 then you can make your decision if you want to deploy Addison in that case um, against the uh, against the Bengals. Yeah, now, who knows what we do? I mean, Mullins gets hurt. You know, you never know. Dobbs shows up again in the game. It's 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 an interesting situation. But I think what I'm, I mean, it's like a dog fight. But I really, I think a real good hire was Brian Flores, and with mm -hmm. all the personnel we have, what has he? done and turned around the defense you know it's not that we have big named players and you know great players i mean that i i hope someday he gets another shot at a head coaching job but i think i'm more excited there i mean the last game basically he single-handedly won us against <laughs> raiders you know and i'll take the win we are still in the playoff hunt you know you mentioned the uh couple of packers uh Jaden reed and christian watson and um like the so they get Tampa at noon or excuse me, at one o'clock on, on Sunday and read late in that game. And I haven't seen anything um, regarding him uh, going forward as far as what happened, but I know he was being evaluated for concussion yes. late in that game. Yes. I know he was already dealing with a chest injury that dated back to the chargers game. Yes. Uh, so, so he is really dinged up and obviously a rookie too. So you always worry about like, you know, how much more pounding can he keep taking this year? Because it's a long season for these guys. Watson, I mean, like, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I'd be pretty surprised if he played this week, given that this is the same hamstring that's given him problems. Um, and the Packers are really, really cautious. And you have to be cautious. It's a recurring issue, you know, with yep. with, with, with Watson. 
Um, so the Packers could, and and by the way, Dontavian Wicks Wicks. might have a high ankle sprain. So he, he's probably, I mean, he's probably going to be out this week. He might be out the rest of the regular season. I don't know. That's more speculation than anything, but the Packers receivers against Tampa this week could be Romeo Dobbs, Samari Toure and, um, Malik Heath, which was just mind blowing to think about. Or you know, you get back Aaron Jones and he becomes your receiver one. Okay, if he comes back, that's the <laughs> other thing. Like we're like this is a sprained yeah. MCL. I don't, the thing is, and I was telling uh, Dave Gerzak, we were talking about this today because Reed's been. So, I mean, his last four of his last five weeks, he's been unbelievable as far yep. as fantasy goes. Yep. And I was I was telling Dave this today. I'm like, you know, the Packers do need some warm bodies in here. Like, and I don't know if Jones is ready to come back, but he almost might have to uh, because they're. It's a bad situation for fantasy um, for, for people, you know, because we were counting on guys like Watson and Reed specifically. I don't, I don't know if anybody was counting on Dobbs. And then Jones, obviously, to get him yep. back is great if you had an Aaron Jones make it through to the championship round, which I don't yep. know if a lot of people did, but it is a possibility. Yeah, I was disappointed. I expected them to play well. I still regret, you know, I didn't play one-legged Trevor Lawrence and I played uh, Jordan Love over him and and feel a little bummed about that decision. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, hindsight. It, it's it, like I, Adam Krautwurst, I think, tweeted this out um, earlier this season, and I, I, he said something in the effect of like fantasy football, like a, it's 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 not a game of attrition, but attrition is 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 yep. more heavily involved in it than it has in previous years. And I don't know if it's because it's these rocked up athletes that are so tightly wound that. The soft tissue injuries happen more. I don't know if 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 it's become a more violent game where the hits are, are more vicious. I know the NFL's doing their best to kind of protect these offensive players because, and as we're seeing too, and not that I want to get on this soapbox, but like if you don't have a good quarterback, the the game suffers. If if you don't have a good quarterback, your offense is not going to be able to move the ball. And and I've said this for forever. There are not thirty two people walking planet Earth that can play the quarterback position effectively in the NFL. And when they, these guys start getting hurt, Justin Herbert, yep. Joe Burrow, Kirk Cousins, list goes on. Then it really affects. It's a trickle down effect, not only for the entertainment value of watching it, but for fantasy. You really got to give these some of these guys a second and third look before you yep. you know put them in your lineup. Yeah. And and my perception, okay, this is this has no facts, so take it as a joke. But my perception is, I don't think the game has gotten more violent. I mean, you go back to the years. There's not proper hel- helmets, not proper mm-hmm. protocol, not proper all that stuff. You know, and you play tough. You you go through the rigor. These days, with modern technology and money at stake and what, I just feel we are all spoiled. <laughs> and that has crept up into our body maintenance and whatnot, right? This is just a joke. But that's how I feel about it, right? That we're just spoiled. We, I mean, think about it, Valky. The way you are treated as a kid, you're probably not treating your kid that way. You know, they yeah. are more entitled this way, at mm. least what I see here. Mm. So, you know, this is just a philosophical comment, but that's how I feel about these soft tissue injuries and everything that goes on these days at the NFL. Yeah, listen, it's, it's, it's something we could wax poetic on this for, for hours. No right. question. Um, Dom Gazzetti is going to get us out of that, uh, out of this loop or this uh, rabbit hole here. Uh, <laughs> he said, it's his first time doing a high stakes tournament. He ended number one in the league. He is a little bit worried about Keenan Allen. Now we talked about this at the top of the show and we just talked about Jordan Addison, but we not, didn't talk about him together. Um, Keenan Allen, if he's active, you're playing him over Jordan Addison this week, right? I, I, 
well, I will. I mean, it's a tough one because because Allen plays Thursday, on Thursday. Yeah, we probably don't know if Justin Jefferson is playing or not, right? So, mm -hmm. if that's my decision, Keenan Allen versus Addison, um, then you know, with knowing with the assumption Jefferson is playing, I would play Keenan, assuming he's playing. He didn't practice today. Right. That's okay. another thing. So you'll know probably tomorrow. Or are they truly going into a tank mode and just not play him? Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, we, we we don't know, right? But but I still expect him to get whatever targets, you know, seven seven eight targets. Hopefully, he catches five six passes. Or, well, or... yeah, and isn't he on pace to break the uh, um, season reception record too? Possible. I, yeah. I I need to check. Yeah, but I'm playing him. You know, if he's active, right. I will play him, and I have both. True disclosure main event and football guys teams with Keenan Allen on it. I, I I I'm I'm a weak man. I can't I can't even contemplate the the fact that I could sit Keenan Allen because I'm worried about him being gimpy and then he has 14 catches for 130 yards and two exactly, touchdowns. Exactly. You know? right. So that's and, and he may not and the odds are against that, but he could blow up and that's that's the kind of stuff I'd have nightmares about if well, I he could him. have like eight catches for 40 yards, even you don't know. Right. right? Like, <laughs> That's true. That's another it's, good point. It's, it's, well, like Jane Reed last night, we were talking about him. I was like, God, he didn't have a very good night. And then I look, he had eight catches for 27 yep. yards. He had the rushing touchdown. So despite him not getting a ton of receiving yards, he still put up 20 points, which is weird to think about, but it happened. Um, Texans, let's talk about them. Uh the Texans are getting the Tennessee Titans on a short week because Tennessee played last night against Miami. What a finish by them, by the way. Um, Hard Knocks is going to be very entertaining yep. for the next episode when they cover this Dolphins game. Um, C.J. Stroud, Nico Collins, Dalton Schultz, they're all beat up. Tank Dell we know for sure is out. I, I'm of the opinion that I'm, I'm like 85% convinced Collins is going to be out this week as well. What do you do with your Texans this weekend? Is there anybody you're looking at? Singletary, are you looking at uh, Brevin Jordan? Are you looking at Robert Woods, Noah Brown? Who are the guys that, that you would feel all right starting for Houston? And by the way, none of them is a perfectly fine answer here too, Viv. Yeah, and last year, you know, I mean, this is interesting you asked this because I was, I mean, and I'm assuming even Stroud is not playing. I think if Stroud plays, that changes things a bit for me. I uh, I like what I've seen, and if he's healthy, and if Nico or you know Noah Brown is healthy, you know that mm -hmm. changes the thought process a bit in a in a tournament. Especially there might not be a lot of Noah Brown ownership, right? As a flex, why not put him in, right? But um, the 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 way I see it is, I think the only player I can you can play. Is probably Fairbrand if he comes back and you oh, yeah. have him as a kicker just to get a correlation. I don't think a lot of team will. Uh, all, I have not checked the stats, but a lot of teams will have Fairbrand. Um, Singletary for me is depends on my running back situation. I'm not playing anyone else. I don't think Nico Collins will play and not Schultz. You know, coming back. And then last year, if you go back and look at the Tennessee and Houston games, they were like 14-17 or 14-19 both the games. And, you know, I just feel, um, you know, there's Derrick Henry, D-Hop revenge game. You know, there's a bunch of things going on. So, I, I feel bad, but, you know, it's it's where that team is at and where it was with Stroud. But they have, you know, I mean, you never overachieve. But what they have done this year, they should be really proud of, you know, how they are building this team. Yeah, I think so, too. I, and, and especially, you know, when when you consider that, um, they traded up 
to the number three spot too to get um oh who's the yep. defender from alabama um Will Anderson. Will Anderson. You know, yes. to get him. I mean, they, I don't want to say they put all their eggs into this year's draft, but yes. they put a significant amount of them in there, and and it seems to be working out. Tamiko Ryan's looks like he's working out, but it, it's all because yes. I mean Stroud. They really hit on Stroud, and and this is a guy that has had, you know, I don't want to say he doesn't have any proven playmakers, but none of these guys he was throwing to were like I would classify as proven playmakers. Dalton Schultz is a proven pro. Yeah. Um, Tank Dell was a rookie. Nico Collins has done very little in yeah. his career up until uh, up until now. Robert Woods is I can't believe he's still in the league. And, and, and you know, CJ Stroud's getting it done. It's well, it's Stroud got hard. two great weeks out of Noah Brown before he got yes. hurt, right? Yeah. So yeah, you know, and, and it's amazing, right? When your quarterback is great and you see him go and take hits and run. I mean, it just recharges the team. And and yeah, Nico Collins was a revelation and you know, I have some teams, and he was an 11th or a 12th round pick, Balki, if I remember correctly. So that's a huge pick that hit this year. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and I think it's going to be really interesting to see where some of these Texans go in drafts uh, next year as well. Yep. Speaking of next year, uh, I'm on to next year when I'm talking about Bears running backs because I feel like I bring this up every week or every other week, looking for some clarity here, and it just seems to be getting more and more jumbled. The Bears take on the Browns this week in Cleveland. And Deontay Foreman came back this past week to really gum up the works. I, I thought Roshan Johnson was finally pulling away a little yeah. bit. But now it, it seems like it's a three-headed monster. And, and Bip, I know that like we're, we're trying to get variants. We're trying to play players that not a lot of people are playing. I don't think it's. I don't think this back, backfield is worth worrying about. Like Just stay away from all three of these guys against the Browns. Yeah, I mean, Justin Field is their running back, basically. Right, right? Yes. But uh, jokes apart, I do think if you're desperate, Foreman is probably the one that is a consideration. You know, he played 55% snaps last week coming back, and he has really proven himself and gotten into the lineup, right? He was not even active in the beginning part of the season. So, for me, he's a desperation play, and you are hoping, you know, you get to the goal line or... Flacco fumbles or something and he runs one in from five-yard line, right? Like that's that's how the script will go in in my opinion. But mm -hmm. yeah, I, you you need to look for uh, other options to the extent, you know, you brought up Singletree. I would rather play Singletree over yes. Foreman if I'm desperate. You Me know, too. In, uh, in totally. a decision like that. Uh, you and I are of one mind on that. Um, interesting box score from the Eagles and Cowboys this week. And I don't know if there's anything to take away from it. Because this game was really never in doubt. Uh, the Cowboys dominated it from the get-go. The Eagles receivers, only four receivers caught passes this game. Uh, A.J. Brown caught nine. Devontae Smith caught five. Dallas Goddard caught four. And Olamide uh, Zacchaeus caught one. So yeah. really, there is only three players with multiple catches. And it's the three guys that you would think about. Brown, Smith, and Goddard. FFPC tight end premium scoring. When you consider that this is Goddard's second week back, we saw what he looked like. He looked capable. He looked like he was ready. Is he back to being a must-start tight end or must-start flex in the championship round or the fantasy pros championship uh, championship round? Uh, Bip, where do you fall in on yeah. Dallas Goddard this week? Are you all in? For me, yes, and I'm excited he's back because, you know, again, few reasons, right? I've not looked at the real numbers yet, you know, uh, but – I think there won't be a lot of Goddard 
teams, you know, given he got hurt and people, if they didn't have a tight end option, those teams might have struggled. So I don't know how many championship teams got in from an ownership standpoint. Mm -hmm. But but again, it's the position, right? It's not a position of plenty. And, you know, your, your tight end one, number 12 might be Isaiah Likely or, or someone like that, right? If you look through all the studs and the rookies and there. So, and then, you know, historically... Hertz has always used him as a safety valve and, and like, you know, Goddard ends up catching four or five passes. What encourages me most is he played 85% of the snaps and he took two or three hits, bulky people falling all over him. And I'm like, oh my God, here we go again. And he was fine, right? So um, for me, he's a must start. I'm not even thinking about it, given it's a tight end premium Mm -hmm. format and you know the last two weeks Kittle and Jake Ferguson have scored against Seattle so I'm hoping he will oh, score you know yeah. and keep the streak going right um and they are pissed off right with the, with the they last. should be I mean so and, hopefully and, they put up 30 40 points you know because San Francisco and Dallas just did that and scored a lot of points you know and won by double digit against Seattle so this is a Monday night game. The Eagles really can't afford to drop three in a row, especially if they want to have any shot of, of you know, trying to win that, you know, still trying to win that division over Dallas. Um, and, you know, the thing is, the loser, and this is what's so bizarre, the loser of that division, not the loser, but the second place team in that division, they're probably going to have to go to New Orleans or Tampa or Atlanta to play the yep. first round of the playoffs, you know, because they won't be a division winner, which is crazy town banana pants to think about. But at the same time, it's like the, the Eagles can kind of, you know, fix that right now by like, look, enough messing around. We have the easiest schedule the rest of the way. Let's not leave anything to chance. And Nick Sirianni is a great coach for that, too, because yep. that's a, that he is like I know it's like the Jets. Robert Salah's all gas, no break. Nick Sirianni, I think, lives his life all gas, no break. So yep. he is he is, he is going to ball out and make sure the Eagles ball and, out. This and, week you know, yeah. And, and I think Dallas, I mean, I know they are playing at a – great level they will drop a game Dak will have a bad game maybe they lose to buffalo next week i i don't know so you are right i think if i look at schedule eagles have an easier schedule than dallas and i could win out and dallas drops one and they're higher seated the eagles are three and a half point road favorites with a total at 47 and a half for monday night football this coming week and thank god we only have one monday night football game uh this coming week which is good too <laughs> I'm actually not opposed to the two. I just don't like them starting at the same time. Yeah. Uh, but that's a different discussion. Let's keep talking about that Eagles Seahawks game last week. As far as Seattle's backfield goes, there's a lot of question marks. It was a late game. We didn't know if Charbonnet or Walker were going to play. There's a list of this question. Well, we found out Sunday morning, they were probably going to go and they both did go interesting stat lines here. Charbonnet, who we kind of viewed as the pass catcher coming into the season, nine carries 44 yards, a catch for four yards. Kenneth Walker, Eight carries for 21 yards, but he had four catches for four 30 catches. Yards, that was you know? surprising to yeah. me. Yeah, and so like now, just when I think I, I have a handle on the Seattle backfield, I don't, and I don't know what to do against Philadelphia. Are both of these guys, if you have either one of them um, on your team, are, are do you flex them each out? Or is is one of them better than the other? What's your read on how the Seahawks running back numbers are going to end up against Philly this week? Because Philly's got a pretty good rush defense. Yep. Yeah, I think. Um... You know, I, I look at both of them as RB3. And if you look at the snap counts when healthy or towards, you know, towards the before Walker got hurt, Charbonnet was getting more looks. I think 
Pete Carroll likes likes him. And I think it's still going to be 50-50 or 55-45 uh, split, right? So for me, they are, especially because Walker is coming back from an injury, they are RB threes. What I'll keep an eye on, Balki, is the injury progression through mm-hmm. this week. Like, is anyone probable early in the week or practices more? Uh, and, you know, what threw me off is Walker catching four passes last yeah. week, right? Otherwise, I would have said, you know, I feel good about Charbonnet because they will play from behind and need to use him. I still, Walker still got the start. He still ran some of those critical downs. And, you know, he still might be ahead of Charbonnet where they stand. But that doesn't mean he scores more points than Charbonnet. The uh, only other game this season... Um... So interesting thing from Kenneth Walker here. He had one other game with four catches. That was the first game of the season. And wasn't Charbonnet hurt that game? Like he didn't play? Yes, I think so. I remember the shoulder or something he hurt in the last preseason, something like that. Now, he he had four catches only for three yards that first game. He did have a 59-yard receiving game against Carolina, who hasn't. He had 27 against Cincinnati and then 64 against the commanders but that was all on one catch it was a 64 yard touchdown catch yeah so i don't know how um you know replicable that is but yeah i i think and then the other thing that's that sort of makes it problematic these guys are playing on monday night football yeah well so, the, the it's it's a little bit game script de- uh, dependent but what i expect is eagles play pissed off put up us run up the score and possible Charbonnet comes in garbage time and yeah. starts catching passes in fourth quarter. You never know. I don't think they will run around Walker if they are down two scores or something, you know. So it'll it'll be interesting, but I am trying to I, I was never a Kenneth Walker fan. So the good news yeah. is I don't have that decision. I did take a lot of Charbonnet thinking he gets hurt. I hit a RB1. But then I don't need to play Charbonnet because I have other options still. Yeah, you know, it's just I was I wasn't a Kenneth Walker guy either because you know I just I didn't see him. This is going back to his rookie year. Yeah, I just didn't see him catching a whole lot of passes in college. So and that kind of just I, I he lose players like that lose their shine for me, right? And um, then he puts up this awesome year. Yes, and I was like, man, I gotta I gotta start looking at Kenneth Walker this coming year. Um, then the the Seahawks end up drafting Charbonnet, sure. which just floored me. And then the, the the decision was kind of made for me. I'm like, okay, I'm off Walker for sure because he's yep. still going too high in drafts. Charbonnet here and there because he was going much later. But I mean, they kind of canceled each other out, and they've kind of been canceling each other out the whole season. It's like what you need is one of these guys um, to not be playing. Yep. You know, resting an injury while the other guy is in there getting the lion's share. Otherwise, it's it's really tough to yep. count on either one. Yep. Um, the championship round, as I alluded to, uh, Bip Lab begins this week in the FFPC main event, the fantasy pros championship. We heard from Dom Gazzetti, I think it was Dom Gazzetti, uh, earlier. This is the first time he's in the championship round. He's not alone. There's a ton of other first time players in the championship round that are excited to be playing for the million dollar grand prize. I know it's awesome. It's, 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 it's gotta be such a rush. Is there any advice that you can give them on, you know, we talked about analysis paralysis earlier, but yeah. also like um, submitting lineups. The rosters are locked at this point, yeah. so you can't do anything there. But submitting lineups, is there a different process that that you take when you're building your lineups? I know we kind of touched on this, whether it's early in the championship round, late in the championship round, any tips, anything that you've learned over the years that you think would be helpful? Yeah. No, I think... I think by now, most of FFPC players, first year or 10th year or 
20th year know this is you must you know and this is not a paid publicity but you must have a fantasy mojo subscription because yeah. he does publish some very exciting stats you know around the stacks building your uh, stack stacks ownership whatnot and i know ffpc themselves have started sharing some of this ownership percent and whatnot but you know he just does it at a different yeah. analytical level i think that's a must you know for someone wanting to win this the second thing you know i would say is i don't go crazy week one i'm looking at submitting the best roster that will score the maximum point for my team because that is the only decision to an extent you control you don't control 100 others what they did right you can only complain about it <laughs> um and so out of your 20 players you know what is your best roster that cause uh, scores maximum point and then i would say uh, start looking at advanced things like receiver versus defensive back matchups, right? And and the schemes people run and, and whatnot, right? Uh, but this week for me, it's best players. Then, you know, if I start having a team that's testing 20th or 30th place, then I'll look at all the teams ahead of me, look at what players they have. I'll probably start putting them in an Excel spreadsheet, do my analysis. And then play a little bit of DFS, you know, what helps yeah. me catch up in week two and week three. This is still a three-week run. So everything's not doomed in week one, but you do want to run up points and, and be there, be hang in there, you know. Do you put a different or more or less of an emphasis on individual matchups during the championship round? Or is it basically the same way you've been doing it all season? You look at matchups the same way here. And no, we'll just... I, I, I will a little, a little extent. You know, for example, right? Um, I was looking at, I mean, this is crazy stats, right? I, my fantasy pros teams that have made the championship, probably forty percent of them have DAX CD stack. Mm -hmm. My main events that have made the championship, zero teams have DAX CD stack, <laughs> right? And I'm looking at it positively. Okay, 50% of the teams are carrying them. So if my Lamar Jackson hits, if my Tua hits, if my Jalen Hurts hits, I have a little bit of a leverage, you know, there. I even have a Kelsey Mahomes team. And I know it's, I'm talking two years back history in both, you know, the championships. So things like that, I will look at. I, will, I, I mean, again, things can happen. I see Miami and Baltimore being a deal kingmaker here because they have high scoring games, all playoff teams, and you know, those would be shootouts. And I'm expecting you know a lot of points in the schedule of Miami and Baltimore. And so, you know, having Lamar Jackson with a Zay Flower or even Odell Beckham or a likely could could be a differentiator, right? And then you have always obviously Tyreek Hill and, and whatnot on the other side. So. And, 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 you know, I look at it. Um, so the Cowboys bills this week, 50 and a half is what we're yeah. looking at for the total. So that's really good. I already talked about the Eagles Seahawks. Baltimore is a three and a half point favorite on the road. The total in that game against Jacksonville is just 43 and a half. Here's another uh, um, uh, potential shootout. Washington and Los Angeles, the commanders and the Rams, Yep. Rams, six and a half point favorites, 49 and a half is the total. Niners, Cardinals, 47 and a half. Yeah. Um, and then what was the other one I saw? 
Uh, 47 and a half Broncos Lions. That's another uh, interesting one that like with Gibbs and St. Brown yeah. and what have you there. Um, the Dolphins, I, I'll bring this up because, because you mentioned them. This week, at home against the New York Jets, coming off that bad loss on a short week, yep. they get the Jets. They're eight and a half point favorites, but the total's just at 39. This might be like a grinded out type game, right? Like before the, the offense. Well, you would go. think. Or, 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 or last ahead, Jets game, they played two weeks back, the Jets game. All receivers that are stars had a great game. You know, Waddle's caught passes, Tyreek caught. It was like a perfect dream game for fantasy lovers. And Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall, I think, had a good game, right? So mm -hmm. my point is, you know, the scores affect your touchdown, but they don't affect you moving the ball up and down, you know. And, um, yeah, you know, it'll be an – I mean, it depends. I, I think Tyreek will be healthy. I We saw him running around, you know. Uh, I, I don't know why he sat out. Maybe the – it was coach's decision or they were playing it safe. But, um, you know, and he's chasing the record too, right? Yeah, so, that's true. Um, we'll, we'll see, right, like uh, what what happens there. Yeah. The the other thing to keep in mind too, as you mentioned, that, that Jets-Dolphins, that was the Black Friday game. Waddle, 8 for 114 that game. Hill, 9 for 102. Plus he got in the end zone. Yeah. Um, and that was all without Devon Achan. So yeah. you would think like, um, if if Hill is out there and A Chan's out there, maybe you have a potential for even more firepower. Uh, exactly, right? So that's that's yeah. a good that's a good good way of looking at it. Um, okay, uh, our good buddy John Terry wants to know that what are we doing at defense this week? Is it the Dolphins' defense against the uh, the New York Jets with Zach Wilson coming off his best game as a pro, or is it the New Orleans defense that's at home against uh, Tommy DeVito? And those uh, plucky New York Giants, which defense are you playing? Um, I will probably play. I mean, both defenses are good plays this week, but I'm likely playing Dolphins def def defense. Because Wilson and, can't do it two weeks in a row. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, Jets are at home. But, you know, the only thing I would say is Barkley is playing well and, and that's a factor, you know, in, 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 in that game. But... You know, expecting two solid weeks from Zach Wilson, I, 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 I don't know, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, but I think both both are good defensive plays this this week. I, I would agree with you. I lean towards Miami as well here, but if if JT, if your gut tells you the Saints, I don't think there's anything wrong with. Yeah, that. I, I don't think you. Were, I, I mean, I could see playing both. So. Uh, Permar ninety nine also uh, saying the Dolphins for him as well. That's uh, three nothing uh, for the votes that we can see here. John, so there you go. Go with the Dolphins. Uh, final question here for you, Bip Lab. I, I know we touched on a little a bit uh, this tonight, yeah. but if there's any names that you can give us, that would be good. A sleeper, and by sleeper, I mean a player that not a lot of people are going to be playing in the championship round or the main event or the Fantasy Pros Championship that you think people should be getting into their lineups. And then a guy that that you wouldn't necessarily bench, but you'd have to think long and hard about starting him this week before you put him in. Yep. Uh, I think a sleeper for me that, I mean, he's old and, and it's not the same Odell Beckham, but I, because I was telling you, I am, my mind is saying that Baltimore Ravens will be relevant for the next three games and they will have high scoring. Um, I could see him be a factor. I mean, he really looked good and he's explosive and, you know, he probably needs to catch four or five passes to have 100 yards and a touchdown, right? And especially with Mark Andrews gone. So someone mm -hmm. that's a true sleeper for me, I'm looking at. 
Um, you know, and then, you know, I'm not very confident about Zamir White, but if Josh Jacobs is out, that's someone to look at against the Chargers this this week uh, on a short week. And then obviously there is Zeke, you know, he owns right. that backfield now and he's going to get volume, right? So mm -hmm. uh, that's, oh, and John Terry is now saying it's Zeke is a sleeper for him. So we, well, yeah, but look at, look at his bust. What do you think about his bust being Justin Jefferson this week? I, I don't think Justin Jefferson's a bust. I mean, if he plays, he will be fine. He'll be know? fine. Okay. So, All right. Uh, yeah. And the bust, I would say the player that worries me is Jamar Chase. They had a blowout win, but he only scored, caught three passes. And mm -hmm. Higgins is back. And Minnesota, you know, I know, you know, I'm getting too excited about Minnesota, but the defense <laughs> is playing well. Here is the crazy thing. I think last three games, they've only given one touchdown or something like that. I was reading somewhere. I didn't... For the, that for the stat, Vikings right? you're talking about? Vikings, yeah. Vikings, yeah. So, Jamar Chase and Calvin Ridley worries me a little bit, you know, with the health of Trevor Lawrence. Again, I'm not benching them, but I'm just not sure if I'll get those big, three consistent big spike weeks from them. So, looking back at this, at the, um, at the Vikings defense, last week, they won three nothing, so three obviously, nothing. so yep. no points there. The week before was that Bears uh, game on. Yep. Was that Sunday night or was that a Thursday? Yeah, night I think game? all the Bears won with 12, 12, 12 10. 10. All, all, all four field goals for yeah. for Cairo Santos, so they didn't give up a touchdown there. The week before that, they lost to the Broncos twenty one twenty, and in that game, I they think gave up. Scored. Uh, they gave, well, hold on. They gave, uh, I gotta make sure I'm looking at it. Yeah. They gave up five field goals to Will Lutz and then Cortland Sutton got that touchdown late with a minute to go that, that put him up. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so that's been one touchdown in the last three weeks, the saints game before that, I think they gave up. Yep. Um, yeah, they gave up two second half touchdowns to Olave and Perry there, but yeah, I mean, the Vikings defense, one touchdown in, in the last three weeks, bending is better than breaking. So they're, yep. and they're on the road. I mean, I know Jake Browning is playing very well last two games after that tough game, but you know he's still not. Uh, you know he's still not Joe Burrow. So right. we'll see. Yes. Um, um, you know, and that's why I mean Jamar Chase might just be fine. He just had a great game, game. But I'm I just don't like when you spike around and Higgins is back. So we'll see. Um, the they're they're leading off on Saturday, one o'clock. Vikings at Cincinnati, three and a half point favorites are the Bengals. Uh, thirty nine and a half is the total. Uh, one last thing I want to touch on here, and because this blew me away when I I, I had to rewind it on my Direct TV because I thought I misheard it. Uh, Joe King saying Sutton has been super reliable this year. Yes, he has. Bip, you probably already know this, but I hope you don't because it'll make for good video if you don't. Do you know how many touchdowns Cortland Sutton has this year? Probably twelve. I don't know. He's, he's got 10. 10. Double okay, I'm close. Okay. I'm very close. And yeah. and and like I, that just blew me away. And like I have Sutton. I guess I don't have Sutton on a lot of teams. I have him more in Dynasty than I do in like Redraft or, or yep. anything like that. But that blew me away that that dude, here we are. I mean, what, what has he got left in, in the NFL season? He's got five more games, right? Seven and six. Yep. Or yep. Four more games. Four more games they got. Four more games, and he's already got 10 touchdowns. Yep. I mean, this yep. is, wow, what a year for Sutton. You know, I didn't I see it coming. The receivers can't separate, but he wins contested catches. And, 
you know, I mean, the funny thing is, Balki, some of the shared teams I have, mm-hmm. every week with the owners, I'm discussing certain sucks. But yeah, he's scoring touchdowns. We need to play. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's that's the logic to play certain that he'll get a score, right? Yes, and not true. that, you know, we feel great about certain. But yeah, he'll score a touchdown. Yeah, which... Yeah, and Jerry Judy is terrible. And... Oh, and, yeah. and <laughs> I I, um, so, I I love that Sutton sucks, but we got to play him because he's play him. Touchdowns. He's relatively yeah. the best receiver on that right. team by far yes. when it comes to red zone. Um, Derek Derek Greer uh, on Facebook watching us tonight. Thank you, Derek. Uh, he wants to know how many teams you have in the main event championship round. Uh, is it double digits? I don't know if it's double digits. Not not main events. I have double digit in FPC, and I in have fantasy I pros. Six yeah. main event teams. I okay. I need to go back and look uh but i think it's six it will probably be six or seven well you're gonna have six or seven chances at that million bucks there and obviously double digit chances for the million bucks in the fantasy pros championship yeah no i'm i'm excited and what i'm more excited bulky is most of my teams have different stacks so i'm just hoping one of them works out you know i have a mahomes i have a hurts i have a the uh, Josh Allen, so it's very exciting. The one I don't have in main event is Dak, but I have four of them in uh, FPC, so I'm covered that way. <laughs> Derek, uh, Derek, also letting us know he has one team in the main event championship. Uh, so you guys will be battling it out there for that. All, all you need is one team. All you, you need know? is one. You, 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 need you is don't one. need six, seven teams. So many players have one with one teams. Bulky, you'll have the stat and the history. So. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Red, our man Reddy, uh, hanging out with us once again, Desmond Ritter or Nick Mullins this week. Um, if you had to pick one of those guys, who's it going to, obviously this is not desirable. Um, but I would be picking, uh, starting Ritter over Mullins, you know, especially yeah, me, with the running me too, just because, I mean, I do I hate Atlanta and they are week to week unreliable, but just with his legs and what happened this week, I mean, you'd be surprised he scored 29 points and I, I, I was going to, I mean, this is true story. I was going to play him in my super bracket, Bulky, and then mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence said he's playing, and I switched them. I mean, Lawrence had a, had, an, had all the turnovers, but he still scored 22 points, but Ritter scored 29 points after having two 14-15 point games. He ran one, he threw one, I think. So, <laughs> Ritter gives you more upside, yeah. I mean, Mullins is not going to run. Yeah, yeah it's like every time, like, I, you know, the thing is, like, you know, for those those of us who had Robinson or London or Pitts or whatever this year, I mean, how many times have we been foiled by a Ritter run into the yep. end zone? Oh, it's just been so frustrating uh, this year. But good on Desmond Ritter. Uh, yep. He's he's making a claim for that Falcons job uh, going forward. We'll see if what he does there. We'll see what you do in the main event championship round of the Fantasy Pros Championship round, Bip Lab. So good to catch up with you, talk a little football tonight. I always enjoy it. Um, good luck. Hopefully the ball bounces your way. We'll see which stack of yours, maybe multiple stacks hopefully that will, yep. will step up this week as well. And at underscore Bitcoin on the X machine, we'll follow you there. Thank you so much, my friend. Yep. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Bulgy. Great chatting with you always. And I'll dial into the fantasy hour. Yes. Yeah, yep. exactly. We appreciate it, dude. Have a great night. Yep. You too. Bye. That is BitLab Mandel, ladies and gentlemen, a winner of uh, easily six figures in his FFPC high-stakes fantasy football career, having um, you know nearly a dozen teams in the Fantasy Pros Championship, um, uh, six or seven teams in the FFPC main event. Those are just in the championship round, so we could be talking with him again if he's uh, fortunate enough to cash the million in either one 
of those contests going forward. That will complete our show tonight. Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown for December 12, 2023 is in the books. I want to thank Bip Lab Mandel for coming on tonight. We'll be live again next Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern time. High Stakes Fantasy Football Show will be live this Thursday at 7 p.m. on the Better Sports Network with Bradley Stalder from Best Bell Fantasy. You can check out that out on the FFPC socials as well as the Better Sports Network socials. And then hang out with us because we're going to go right into Thursday night football and you can play on the Better Cast against us as well, which is always a fun way to watch the game. Uh, more information on that when you watch with us on the Better Sports Network Thursday night at 7 p.m. as well as on the all uh, FFPC social channels as well. High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is live this Friday night at 10 p.m. as BitLab just uh, alluded to. Uh, KFFSC Commissioner Farrell Elliott and myself will welcome on a special guest to kick off FFPC main event and Fantasy Pros Championship Championship rounds. That's going to be fun as well. Uh, and uh, we'll have football on Saturday. So PSA, get those lineups in early this week. Go to myffpc.com to play in the FFPC Weekly Challenge. myffpc.com. No draft or salary cap. Choose the 10 or 12 players that you want to play with uh, by Sunday's kickoff, or you can play with the Thursday night players by Thursday night's kickoff and just watch them ride throughout the weekend's games. Um, no stacking, one player per team. Uh, $35 or $200 entry fees, and you can win up to $2,500. Don't forget about the FFPC World Famous Playoff Challenge, which is open for business as well at myffpc.com. Check that out and enter now for your chance to win $500,000 or $100,000 if you've been playing the weekly challenge all season. This is basically the same format, except for you keep this roster for the duration of the playoffs. No stacking there as well. It's uh, our big um, closeout to the end of the season. We always enjoy it, and uh, you should have some money uh, in your player accounts coming up later this week that you'll be able to play with uh, in those contests as well. Uh, that's at myffpc.com, myffpc.com. Remember to like this video, subscribe to the channel, comment, share it with your friends and enemies, and get notified every time we go live, which will be 7 o'clock Eastern time on Thursday night. This has been the Road of His High Stakes Lowdown. I've been Eric Balkman. Thanks so much for watching, everybody. We'll talk with you again Thursday night. Thank you for listening to the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. And thanks to Grapes for our theme music. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Rotoviz radio feed. It helps us find new listeners. Contact us via email, rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think and follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 10% discount through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.